Hey, before I get started, I need to I need to honor Pastor Dominic and Emily. It's their anniversary, everybody. Amen. Hey, can you guys just come up here for a second? We just want to bless you real quick. They have been married for eight long years, right? That is insane. Congratulations. I remember eight years ago. It does not feel that long. It's really, really weird. Yes, your extra hot wedding. Fun story. I, I was really broke when I was like 20. So I remember I went and I bought my suit, but I planned to take it back, right? And so, yeah, you remember I taped my tags. So I had all my tags strategically taped inside my wrist, on my pants. And I remember their wedding was so hot. It was in the middle of Texas. It was like 150 degrees. And I just remember standing there as still as I could. I'm like, if I sweat in this suit, they're not going to take it back. So I just remember standing there super chill. And then that reception came. I took everything off. I changed my pants, changed my jacket. I'm like, I'm not letting this suit get, get messed up. I took it back, got my $175 back. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you guys for everything you do. You guys are amazing. You're an example of love and just... Who you've been to me in my life has just been amazing. So appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. Love you. Bless you. Congratulations. <laughs> I love remembering those times. That's funny. Those tags, man. I was nervous. That day had me shook. I got like, to take this suit back. I can't sweat. Can't get nothing on it. They're like, why are you changing before the reception? I said, man, can't get any sauce, no sweat, nothing. This got to go back. How's everybody doing today? Y'all awake? All right, I need to hear you this morning. If you're awake, if you're alive, if you're blessed and highly favored, let me hear you. Let me hear you, let me hear you, let me hear you. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, today, today we are going to be talking about worry. Everybody say worry. Worry. The title of my message is Don't Worry. If you could put my title slide up on the screen, that would be wonderful. The title of my message today is Don't Worry. Worry. You see, worry is an attempt from hell to control your life, to make you walk in bondage, to make you miss things, to make you conform to the ways of the enemy and what he's trying to make you do in your life. That's what worry is. Another word for it is fear. He's trying to use these as tools to control you, to control where you go, to control how you see life, and to control where you end up ultimately. And if we're not careful, that's exactly what we'll allow them to do. I see Christians doing it all the time. And it's sad. The first thing I want to do is challenge you today. This is a challenge. Write it down if you need to. Make this a challenge in your life. It's something that I've tried to do and really been working hard on. But I want you to reprogram the way that you think. The world has programmed you. The world has taught you. The world has put you in a grid to speak death over yourself each and every day to take ownership of the lies of hell and apply them to who you are. That's what the world has done. And so I want to challenge us today, is before we even get into the message, is to speak life. Speak life. It seems like a simple concept, but if you really think about it each and every day, are you speaking life? You know, we say around 6,000 words a day. Each of us, we say around 6,000 words each day. Some of us on the high end can say up to 15,000, 16,000. Look at your neighbor if that's one of those people. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Some of us are, oh, yeah, you're the, you're the 16,000 person. I know it. 
You ain't speaking no 6,000 words. I hear way more than that. But each and every day we say so many words. And each day when we speak those words, the power of life and death in the tongue, we are laying a brick and we are building a kingdom in our life. Whether that kingdom and that brick that we're building is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of hell is your choice. Because you're speaking the words. You're speaking the words. You're speaking over yourself. You're saying things, but you're either establishing the kingdom of heaven or hell in your life each and every day. And when you think about it, like, yeah, I speak life. I talk great about myself. I'm always looking at the positive side of things. That's great. But one of the things that I've had to really challenge myself and really dig in with is taking ownership of the lies. When I'm not feeling well, saying, I'm sick. When I'm feeling sad, I'm sad. I hear Christians say it all the time, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. My anxiety, my trauma, my insecurity, my bondage. And we walk around holding on to these things, calling them our own and identifying with them, establishing the kingdom of hell in our lives, saying that we're Christians. When your Savior paid for it, we're disregarding what he already paid for on the cross by saying it's mine. No, he already paid. We have to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for every time that I looked at what you did on that cross and said, no, it's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. You have to allow heaven to move in your life and speak life each and every single day. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. And I know it's not easy because I'll do it sometimes still. Like, what's up? How are you feeling today? I'm sick. Oh, crap. I'm not sick. I'm not feeling well today, but I'm the healed of the Lord. Amen? So speak life. That's the first challenge I want to do for each of you to write down as you go from today. Speak life. But today I want to break the chains of worry off of you. Each and every one of us worry. We all have things that we worry about. We all have things that pop up in our hearts, pop up in our lives that can cause us to worry. Emotions are real. We're human. It's real. But we can't allow those emotions and those feelings and those momentary thoughts to control our actions. Some of you are looking at me, you're like, man, I don't worry, I'm good. Maybe some of you are like, man, I'm not worried about anything. Life is amazing right now. Life is great right now. I'm very happy for you. But if you're believing the lie that you don't worry about anything, I want you to think back a couple years. Because I remember when I went to Costco and tried to buy some toilet paper. <laughs> Y'all were real worried back then. <laughs> so you can sit there and pretend right now that you're great, everything's good. But I remember two years ago when I had to backdoor some toilet paper from one of my students' parents at Costco. She had to bring it around back. She said, I got you, come here. <laughs> For some toilet paper. Y'all believed in that. And you believed toilet paper was the solution for some reason. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> what was you worried about? <laughs> and how is that going to save you? <laughs> ah, worry. Worry causes us to do some dumb things, man. Andy Stanley wrote an amazing book called The Principle of the Path, and it talks about where you pay attention. And what you pay attention to will determine your direction and ultimately determine your destination. And when we're worried, we might have the best intentions in our hearts as Christians. 
We might be in here and we say, man, I'm just going to be the best Christian. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to love the Lord. I'm going to speak life. I want to have an amazing family. I want to have an amazing job. I want to have successful relationships, an awesome home. We have the best intentions. But what happens is we start to pay attention to the things that are not of God. We start to lose our focus and we stop paying attention to what our intentions were and we start allowing worry to drift where we're focusing. All of a sudden, our intentions stay here, but where we're paying attention is, man, I have to make sure I make as much money as I possibly can so I, don't, I can't go to church today. I have to make sure that you know, my family is taking care of, my kids are in every single sport. I have to make sure that I'm, I'm not stressed out, so I need to smoke this. I need to make sure I'm, I'm having fun socially, so I need to drink. I need to make sure that I have friends. I don't have faith that God can take care of me, so I have to surround myself with as many people as possible. I'm worried about the opinions of others. I'm worried about how my future is going to be. I'm worried about how they're going to turn out. I'm worried if God's going to be faithful. And we look up, and our intentions are all the way over there. And our destination is here because we allowed worry to take our attention away from heaven. We allowed worry to take our attention away from what God had for us. We didn't trust him. So today we want to eliminate worry. Our goal today is to eliminate the hold of worry and fear on our life. Everybody say eliminate the, the hold of worry and fear on our life. On 2 Timothy 1.7, I wish Masi was here, my little brother Masi. He is like the king of this verse because he gets scared. He gets nervous. He's like, I don't want to go to bed. It's scary. It's dark. And all you have to do is start the verse for him, and he'll finish it. So if you say it to him, you say, Masi, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. And he'll tell you, he say, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Love, power, and a sound mind. God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That is the thing that God has given. That is the gift God has given to you as a Christian. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to allow it to control the direction that you go in. He's giving you power. He's giving you love. He's giving you a sound mind. You can rest easy. So today, as we get started, I want us to just close our eyes. I want us to close our eyes and think about what we're worrying about. Think about the thing that's been on our mind. Think about the family member. Think about the career situation. Think about that relationship. I want us to think about it right now. Whatever it is that we're worrying about. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd be in this room today that you would exchange the things that are on our hearts, you would exchange the things that are on our minds, God, and that you would replace them with the perspective of heaven, that you would replace the things that we are worried about with the perspective of heaven that says you don't have to worry about a thing, God. I just pray that the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind would fill this room today and that chains would be broken off of each and every person hearing the sound of my voice today, God. I pray that this message will be your words and not mine, God. Less of me and more of you right now in this moment. I pray that your Holy Spirit will move today. I thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Worry. Three things that worry has us doing. First and foremost is planning for the worst. Planning for the worst. I get, I, this again, everything I preach, everyone, 
just so you're very aware, is very personal to me. These are things that I struggle with. These are things that I deal with. These are fights that I have in my spirit each and every day. And they're not this, I'm not preaching from a perspective of like, I've mastered this thing, so I'm never going to be affected by it. No, this is real. This is reality for me. This is reality for you. This is something that we each have to deal with in our own way every single day. And so the perspective that worry has us doing, the first thing worry has us doing is planning for the worst. Looking ahead, speaking death over our future. Man, this is going to be a hard time. I got a lot of work to do this week. I have this thing I have to do tomorrow night, and this guy that's running it is kind of a jerk, and I'm, this is real. I have to struggle with that, and I'm worried if I'm going to be able to handle it and be nice and not say something rude to him. I'm worried. I remember going into the, the month of July that we just came through. I said, man, I had a lot of stuff to do. We had like three missions trips. We had our missions trip, a couple of retreats, all that fun stuff. We had VBS and Joshua kids for like six days straight. We had all these things. I had to preach nine times. And I looked at that month and I said, man, I don't know if I can do this, God. I'm worried about this. And I was sending worry into my future. I said, I can't do this, God. I can't do it. It's a lot. It was the, more, the memorial, the two-year anniversary of my friend and my dog dying. I said, God, I'm sad. I don't want to do this. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, you better speak life over your future. He said, you better hold your hands out and let it go and say, Jesus, I know that the days that are coming are going to be the best days of my life. I pray that you will use me in each and every opportunity. I pray that you will speak through me. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid. I'm not holding on to anything, God. I don't care if I'm sad. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care what it is, Lord. I will be used by you, and I will not hold on to anything or try to do anything in my own strength. It is yours and yours alone, God. I'm a vessel. Use me. I speak life over my future. I don't care what the enemy tries to show me. I don't care what he tries to make look like a mountain God. Give me the perspective of heaven right now that makes everything look small. Give me the perspective of heaven right now that makes every single thing in my life look like it's nothing. Right now, we plan for the worst. We plan for the worst. And it's not hard to do that. It's natural. It's in our human mind because in our flesh, the way we see things, the way that man sees things, it is scary. If we had to do this world without him, it would be scary. The people that are not in this room have reason to be scared. But we don't. He paid already. The second thing worrying has us doing is shadow boxing. Shadow boxing, getting ready to fight. Fighting somebody. I do this one a lot. I don't know if anybody else in here is like a psycho like me, but I know some of y'all are. Some of you are going to relate to this. You might not like clap or anything, but I know I'm not alone on this. But how many of you have ever had to go into a tough conversation or maybe an argument or maybe a meeting or maybe just something that you knew was going to be a potential confrontational exchange And before that happened, you sent all the little private investigators in your head, ah, see, to develop a case on the person that you were getting ready to talk to. (laughs) 
It's not just me, right? <laughs> Some of y'all are like that? Okay. You send all your little private investigators, like, make, remember, make, make sure you grab that file on when they, they did you dirty back in the day. Make sure you grab that file on when they talked to you crazy. Remember that one time they came over with the, with the holes in their socks? Make sure you bring that up. Make sure you bring up that time they owed you some money. Maybe, remember? Yep, 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 yep. Well, you did this and you did that. And we start to shadow box. We get to fighting. We start fighting before we even get to the conversation. We have this fight, man. We get to fighting. And, you say, and then you do the other part of it. It's like, well, if they say this, then I'm going to say that. And if they say this, then I'm going to go here. And then if they go there, then I'm really going to go there. And I'll really go as far back and pull out the dirtiest thing I can. We go crazy with that stuff. We shadow box. <laughs> we start fighting in our own mind, in our own strength. Worry has a shadow boxing. I'm, uh, I'm terrified of scary movies. I don't know about y'all, but if a scary movie comes on, I got to go. I don't watch scary movies. I don't like them. I used to try to watch them in high school with friends, and then, like, yeah, nah. I just couldn't sleep for a long time, and it's not fun to me. Scary movies come on, I get out the room. And some stuff for me might be scary that is not scary for you. So I don't want to, I hate using this example because everybody's like, that's not a scary movie. But has anybody ever seen The Invisible Man? Boy. The Invisible Man is from hell. That movie... <laughs> Listen here. That movie is straight from hell. <laughs> Some of you are like, it's not even scary. It is scary, yeah. It's just a guy in a suit that makes him invisible, but it's not even like supernatural or anything. It's like science, but yo. Whew. The Invisible Man... Look, thinking about it makes me nervous. It, it's scary. I remember watching The Invisible Man... And I had to move my car after into the driveway. <laughs> and I went out to my car and I was looking around, looking if leaves were going, some breeze went by and some leaves flew by. I was like, got into my car, sat down, started feeling in the back seat, making sure he ain't in here, we good. <laughs> got up to my room that night, was looking around like a blind person trying to walk. Is he in here? Is he in? No, no, no. Okay, I'm good. I can lay down and go to sleep. I was looking for him. I was fighting for the invisible man. That's what he, the worry has us doing. Looking silly. Searching for an issue. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not even about you. Sometimes we get so offended thinking it's more about ourselves than others. When in reality, Christ told us to come here and love and serve everyone. And we get so offended thinking that, oh, they said that, so that must mean they think this about me. It's not even about you. We, we search for offense. We search for offense. He wore white shoes today, so that must mean he thinks my shoes are stupid. No, it has nothing to do with you. Sometimes we have to stop looking and shadow boxing and searching for the invisible man. Worry has us searching for things that are not of heaven. We reach and we search for offense. You shouldn't be offended by every little thing every single person does. That person wasn't even thinking about you. Their decision had nothing to do with you. It's not about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. Stop shadow boxing. 
The third thing worry has us doing is striking out, swinging and missing, striking out. Because we're too worried to be who God has called us to be. How many picnics, cookouts, family gatherings did you go to this summer where you were surrounded by people? How many times have you gone to work where you were surrounded by people that needed you to bring heaven to earth? And because you were striking out worrying about stuff that was not of heaven, you weren't able to do that. We're missing opportunities. We are missing opportunities to look at this world and be a light. We're missing opportunities to go into our workplaces, to go into our social circles, to go into our friend groups and bring heaven into those places. We're missing. We're striking out. God has placed you here for such a time as this. If you are not listening, if you are not focused, if you're not paying attention, you are going to miss. Each and every one of you are going to be able to affect somebody that I will never see in my entire life. They're not in here right now. Their seat's empty. That's on you. Those are your responsibilities. Not mine. Yours. It is on you to bring heaven into earth. And if you are allowing worry to control your life, if you're allowing worry to dictate how you move and how you live, you're striking out. So we have to stop. Our solution to this is turning our worry into worship. Everybody say, turn your worry into worship. Turn our worry into worship. God, we are done worrying. We are done worrying about the things of this world. We are done focusing on the lies of the enemy. We are turning our worry into worship right now in Jesus' name. The first step is to have faith. Have faith. In Mark 4, I love the story of Jesus in the boat. He's, he's in the front of the boat taking a nap. After they were preaching, they went across the water, and a storm hits the boat. All the disciples are in there freaking out. Oh, we're going to crash. I mean, I, to their credit, if you were driving your car with the Savior of the universe— and it started to hit a crazy storm, you would probably be a little freak out mode too, right? Like we're going to be the ones written down in history for drowning Jesus. We're going to die. It's our fault. There's a little bit of reason to be worried there. I get it. I get it from their perspective. I, I don't like when we like crap on everybody from the Bible. Like how could they ever do that? That's not, that's not true. You would be freaking out too. So <laughs> we see them in Mark 4 going across the water and the boat's rocking, the boat's going crazy. And they look up at Jesus and Jesus is taking a nap. He's taking a little Jesus nap. He's taking a good nap. You know those naps where you got like the, the pattern on your face when you get up from the blanket, a little bit of sweat on your neck. He's up there taking a good nap. They're freaking out. They say, Jesus, wake up. After freaking out for a while, they go run up to him. Jesus, wake up, wake up. What do we do? We're going to drown. And Jesus stands up. He says, do you have no faith? And he stands up in the middle of the storm and he says, peace be still. And the disciples are in awe. They said, who is this that the waves and wind know his name? They, com they are commanded by his voice. We have to have faith. Church, you have to have faith to run to him first. You have to have faith to run to him first. At the slightest feeling of worry, even if it's just a little bit, once you start to feel worry, don't sit in that. 
Don't sit in that feeling of, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I'm, I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Don't stay there. When you start to feel that way, run to him first and have faith because he will stand up in the middle of your storm and he will say, peace be still. He will stand up in the middle of that situation where there are waves going crazy, where the world is making it look like you're not going to make it. He will stand up in the middle of it and he will say, peace. But you have to run to him first. You can't run to everything else. You can't run to this world. You can't run to that drink that gives you peace. You can't run to that porn that takes your mind off of things. You can't run to that toxic group of friends that's going to tell you all the worst advice in the world. You know what? You should go cuss them out. No. You can't run to that first. You have to run to him first in all things. I love this verse in Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. You don't even have to be sad. With thanksgiving in your heart, say, God, I already know you got this. I'm running to you first. I'm running to you first because I trust you. I know you got me. You've shown me again and again and again, and I have faith in you. Before anything else, I think a lot of Christians have a hard time with this because we like to run to our favorite YouTube pastor, our favorite podcast, or we love to run to a self-help book or whatever it is, when in reality, God is telling you, when you're in the middle of the storm, close your eyes and be with me right now. Around this room, let's just close our eyes for a second. Completely silent. That's where God is. You don't have to run to that thing. You don't have to fill your ears with noise, turn on the loudest worship song. Just be with him. Be with him. Be quiet. Learn his voice. The second step is get off the throne. Look at your neighbor and say, get off the throne. Get off the throne. Woo, this one's hard. So don't get mad. Get off the throne. We have to get off of the throne of our lives. For some weird reason, <laughs> for some weird reason, we like to try to be God. You know, I've never seen anybody walk into, you know, a restaurant and see some food on the floor and say, hey, I should grab this mop and start cleaning up. I've never seen anybody even come into our church and say, hey, there's garbage on the ground. I should probably pick that up. I usually see a lot of people walk right by it. Not everybody, but a lot of people do. I don't know any of you, but I would venture to say that I don't know if any of you have gone into work to tomorrow or in the past and say, hey, man, he has a lot of work piling up on his desk. Let me just go grab his work and do it for him, and I'll do mine as well. I don't think any of us live that way, right? No, you don't do that. You don't go grab the janitor's mop when you see him working hard just because you're like, hmm, that should be nice. You don't do it. But for some weird reason, Christians love to look at everything that God's done, to read his word, and to say, you know what? I should probably do his job. 
I should probably sit on this throne and try to figure everything out. I should try to control every single thing in my life, in my own knowledge, in my own power. I should try to control the outcomes of all the situations that I'm going through. We want to control everything. When in reality, God is saying, I sit on the throne. I sit on the throne. In Philippians 4.13, it says, you can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not me who gives me strength. It's not through your own power. So when we sit there and we say, man, I have to control each and every single thing in my life. I have to make sure that my family's going well. I have to make sure our kids are going well. I have to make sure I get the most money. I have to make sure I'm in the correct social circles. I got to make sure, I have to make sure, I have to make sure, I have to make sure. And we try to hold on to every single thing and hold on to control. We are sitting on the throne of the King of Kings and trying to be him with our mind, with our perspective. And God's saying, get off my seat, man. Get off of the throne. Get off the throne of your life and say, God, I trust you with control. I'm not gonna control everything. There's not enough self-help books, there's not enough podcasts, there's not enough YouTube videos I can watch that can make me anywhere close to as righteous as you. And I'm gonna stop trying to be You sit on the throne. You reign supreme. You are above it all. Not by my strength, but by yours. I can do all things. But we have to get off of the throne of our lives. The final way to turn worry into worship is to root yourself in him. Root yourself in him. We have to read our word. We have to read our word. We have to root ourselves in him. We have to root ourselves in his voice. We have to know what he's saying. We have to make a commitment to surround ourselves with him. We have to make a commitment to be here, to be here on a service. You want to control something, control the fact that you can be here every single Sunday. You want to sit on the throne? Make sure that you sit on the throne and make yourself go to church. Stop trying to control everybody around you. Control that thing, that one thing. Get here. You want to sit on the throne? Make sure you're reading this. Read this every day. Learn his voice. Because we have to root ourselves in him. If we don't, we have no hope. If we don't root ourselves in this each and every day, if we don't root ourselves in his word, if we don't fill our hearts and our minds with his word, the world is going to program us. The world is going to program us to say, no, you sit on the throne of your life. You're in control of everything. Worry is what dictates your decisions. You should do whatever is smart by man's standards. You should always follow what everybody else's opinions are telling you to do. And that's how you should live your life, in bondage. If we're not filling ourselves up with this, if this is not the greatest influence in our lives every single day, that is the result. We will live in a life of bondage. We have to fill our hearts with this word. We have to fill our minds with this word. It's our only hope. Not with the words of others. Not with the words of some celebrity. Not with the words of your influencers. Not with the words of your president. Not with the words of anybody else other than our Savior. This is it. Amen. If you don't, look guys. It's sad, man, and it's, it's easy to say that, and it's, it's fun to say that, and it's like, yeah, but like, you see it each and every day. People are not controlled by this. 
People aren't controlled by this. We too worried about everybody else. We too worried about what everybody else has to say. We're not rooted in this. <laughs> I was talking to a parent and, you know, I always bring up DSM because that's where I serve primarily, but you got to understand, like, I tell these parents, they're like, man, my kid's struggling with, with these things. My kid is going through this. My kid is doing this. I want him to be a Christian. I want him to be amazing. I want him to have an awesome life. I want him to know who they are in Christ. And I'd be, I remember I was like, who is your kid? And they said, oh, you've never met him. I've never brought him to DSM before. And I said, listen, <laughs> I said, you can want all the best things in the world for that person. You can want all the best things for your kid. But until you're willing to get off the throne and stop trying to control that kid's life based on the standards of this world, because that's what they told me. They said, well, they have dance practice and volleyball and basketball. And, they and I said, listen here, until you're willing to root yourself in Christ, and prioritize who they are in him over being able to shoot a jump shot or do the ballet, then you're going to stop asking for freedom and asking for all these amazing things because you're over here and that's over there. So you can walk in that direction all you want, but until you're ready to root yourself in him and who he is and have faith that he will take care of you, have faith that he has enough for your family, have faith that he has enough to do everything that you need, then you won't end up over there. So you can want those things. You can want those amazing things. You can want them. Yes, I want to be a great Christian. Do you read your word every single day? Are you in this room? We get to come up here and worship and have these amazing times. Are you worried about what's on the TV? What's on your phone? What's going on over here? What's going on over there? Do you have faith God can take care of you? I'm going to read this verse Matthew 6, 25, got to put the glasses on because my eyes are kind of messed up. But Matthew 6, 25, and it's, it'll be on the screens as well. You can read along with me. But we have to trust that God has us. We have to trust that God is going to take care of us. We have to trust that he is more than enough. We don't have to sit on his throne. We don't have to try to control everything. We can root ourselves in him. In Matthew 6, 25, it says, do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is it not life more important than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen?
Root yourself in him. Jesus said that to you. You don't have to worry. Stop sitting in that. Stop holding on to that bondage. It's not yours. That depression is not yours. That anxiety is not yours. That addiction is not yours. He already paid. Root yourself in him. Focus on him. Focus on the things that he has to say to you. Stop worrying about how much money you're trying to get. Those birds get fed every single day. Stop worrying about how you look. Do I have an awesome marriage? Do I got the best friends? Do I got the coolest circle around me? Am I looked at and, and envied by everybody on this stupid thing? Does everybody look at me and say, wow, look at him. Get rid of that. Get rid of it. Focus on him. I hate my phone. I do that a lot. <laughs> if you come to DSM, that, you got to watch out. I throw my phone hard, especially if there's kids talking in the back. But listen, <laughs> you got to focus on him. Focus on the one thing that matters. Give up the worry. Give it up. Stop allowing the chains of worry to hold on to your life and be prevalent in your life each and every day. Root yourself in him. Get off the throne. Run to him first. Run to him first. And understand that I don't need to run to the things of this world. I don't need to run to the people of this world. I don't need to run to these things that are going to just further put me into bondage. I can trust him to take care of me. Worrying isn't going to add a single hour to my life. My family is in God's hands. My job is in God's hands. My well-being is in God's hands. My future is in God's hands. I don't have to try to control. I don't have to try to hold on. He is the king and he reigns above it all. Amen? Amen. So as we stand to our feet today, I want to leave you with one final verse. In Psalm 55, 12, it says, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Run to him first. Run to him first. Before you go out of this room today, before we move forward, I want you to run to him first. If you're ready today to say, I'm done worrying, I'm done sitting here trying to run to all these things of this earth to have momentary pleasure, I'm done with instant gratification, I want sustainable joy. If you're done saying, I'm sitting on the throne, I'm done sitting here, God, have your chair back. This is where you belong. You're the Lord of my life. If you're done, if you're rooting yourself into him and saying, I'm tired of worrying about what the world is telling me. I'm tired of hearing the opinion of others and allowing that to control how I live. If you're done with that, say, I want the opinion of heaven in my heart. If you're done worrying today, I want you to run to him first. I want, you to, I want to ask you to join me up here at the altar. Because I want to lay hands on you and that before you go out into this world, before you step into another day, before you move forward, I want to say, worry is done. In Jesus' name, worry is done. Come forward. Come forward now. 
Come forward now because worry is done. And it's not even a big deal. It might be something big. It might be something small. But I want to pray for each and every person today that worry has no place over you. I want to pray that the spirit of worry has no place in your hearts. The spirit of worry has no place in your families, in your lives, or anywhere that's even near you. That it has to go in Jesus' name today. Because it has no place in your heart. Because he has not given you a spirit of fear. But of power and love and a sound mind. That's who you are. That's what he's filled you with. So with every eye closed and head bowed today, Father, I thank you. I thank you that there is a supernatural breakthrough happening right now over each and every life standing here before you, God. That the spirit of worry has no place in their hearts, God. That the things that they walked in here with on their heart, that place of worry, that person, that situation, that job, that family member, God, that it is being removed right now and you are giving them supernatural peace in return, God, as they let it go. As you let that thing go, I just want you to raise your hands right now. As you are letting go of worry, I want you to raise your hands to heaven right now and say, Jesus, have it all. Jesus, take it. I'm getting off the throne. I'm getting off the throne of my life. I'm not trying to control anything anymore, God. I'm not trying to be the one that is sitting here doing your job. I give you complete control. I give you complete dominance over every single thing in my life. I'm not trying to be you. You are the Lord of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I root myself in you. As your hands are lifted, I just ask that you will just ask heaven to root root yourself in heaven. Say, God, root me in heaven, God. Root me in heaven. Allow my life to spring forth fruit, Father. Fruits of the Spirit, God. God, allow me to stay committed each and every day to reading your word. Fill my heart with your words. Fill my heart with your voice. Allow your word to be the greatest influence in my life. Jesus, be the greatest influence in my life. Be the loudest voice in my head, God. Help me to run to you first. And God, help me to cast my burdens upon you each and every time, not hold on to them and sit in it. God, help me to cast my burdens onto you and know that I will not be shaken because I am your child. Jesus, I just pray that you are breaking chains of worry off of this room, Father. You are breaking chains of worry off of your people, God. You are breaking chains of worry off of your children, Father. I thank you that you are in this room right now and you are moving, God. You are moving over each and every person right now, Father. Spirit, move. Move over their hearts, Father. Move over their minds, God. I just hear the Holy Spirit saying that there is rest. There is rest falling upon some of you that have been running. Some of you in here have been running way too hard. Some of you in here have been running way too hard, trying to do way too much. That wasn't your job. I hear the Holy Spirit saying it's not your job. He's saying, just get off the throne. Get off the throne and rest in me. Let me sit here. You come up over here next to me and sit down and rest. He's saying, you just rest. In this moment, find peace. So as you find that peace, find joy. 
the Holy Spirit saying he's giving joy back to some people right now. He's giving joy back to some people right now. <laughs> he's giving joy back to some people who've been robbed by worry. That he is breaking the chains of worry off of your life and where you were robbed of your joy, he is returning it to you right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you. I thank you for this time, Father. I thank you for this moment that we've had together, God. I just pray that we will apply this to each and every day of our life, God. That we won't allow worry to control us any longer. That we will be guided by you. Keep us rooted in heaven, Father, and keep us off of your throne. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. I want to thank each and every person for coming out today. Altar ministers, if you'd like to come up, you can get to receive prayer. If you'd like to pray some more, I'll be over here as well. I'd love to pray with you. But I just want to tell you to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. And we'll see you next time.